Hello, and warm welcome back to this week's episode of Follow the Child, a podcast that was created by two early childhood educators currently in the season of motherhood. Follow the Child is dedicated to listeners interested in conscious parenting and recognizes our children as equal beings who are worthy of our love, time, and respect. Please keep in mind as you're listening in with us today that the information that we're sharing here is intended as generally enriching material only and is not meant to replace that of your doctors or other trusted healthcare professionals. That all in mind, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Shauna. Hi. How's it going? Why don't you share with our listeners where you are today? (laughs) I'm in Portland, Oregon today. Yay, our hometown. Yes. Yeah, you know, I haven't (laughs) been here since last July. So July 2018, and that is like so long for me to go between Portland visits. I was really missing it, and Mm. I'm really, really glad I'm here. Yeah, it's a special place. Yes. So we're just going to jump right in today. Shauna's going to be sharing her second home birth story. So why don't you provide our listeners with a little bit of context, um, a little bit about your family situation during the pregnancy and all the sort of logistics and emotions leading up to that? Sure. So this was um, my second pregnancy um, and my, my second kid. My first was born in 2016. My husband and my first daughter and I were living in San Francisco. um, And my husband and I were planning a move out of the city up to a town that we now live in called Petaluma. That's, I think that's kind of an important backdrop for this pregnancy and birth because um, we moved out of the city in June. So that was second trimester and did some planned traveling in July. And the plan was to, to, to be in a place by August, but we weren't actually like settled into the place that we live now until, um, late November. So it was, um, it was an interesting time of like a lot of a lot more moving than we had originally planned. August, we were in a sublet, and then September, we moved into a little house, and uh, a few weeks later, we just were like, oh my gosh, this is not such a great situation. And so, thankfully, another place that was being rented out by someone we knew became available, and we moved in there, and it it worked out great, but that was like, two weeks before my daughter Hazel was born. Oh my gosh. Um, So a lot of like last minute shuffling unexpectedly just before due date. Yeah. Yeah. So it was um, a time of anticipating a new baby and a time of helping our toddler through some transitions and, you know, guiding ourselves through a big transition and it involved you know, as any transition does or move, there's just like some, some unexpected moving parts to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say more a little bit about um, the differences you experienced with the second pregnancy? Um, yeah, sure. It was, I think the the main difference is that I had a young toddler. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, the first time I was pregnant was just, there was no other child to take care of. It was um, only the one that was growing inside me. 
so that was that was very different, um, especially especially in the first trimester when I was so low energy um, mm. and you know uh, being the main caregiver of my toddler. So she was 19 months when we conceived. Mm-hmm. So she was still very very young, and it kind of blindsided me how emotional I felt um, about my baby not being the baby anymore. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I actually, um, the day after I found out, I was really excited because we, we had been intentionally trying for another child. My husband took my daughter to school. Um, she was going to a, a little school two days a week. My husband took her to school and I got in the shower and I just burst into tears. I just had the, the biggest cry. Um, and I think that in some ways I was working through a, uh, a loss, if that makes sense. Mm. I hear you saying that, that that was difficult in some ways unexpectedly for you. Could you explain a little bit more for myself and our listeners about what, what, was, what was going on for you? Yeah, um, it, up until that point, it was just her and she and I had so much time together, um, you know, as her main caregiver. Like I said, she was going to school two days a week, but she was my baby. And I just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that like all of a sudden everything had changed. Um, She was no longer going to be my only baby and the only one that I cared for. Like all of a sudden now I had another child, another being to look after as well. And suddenly it felt like I had kind of, you know, ousted her from her position in the family as our baby. And it just felt, it's hard to explain, but it was, it was a pretty big emotion for me. It was just such Mm. a a shift that suddenly this dynamic that we had had up until then, I had changed it. It was never going to be the same. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's a big shift for sure. Um, And I think that I felt some guilt around that and needed to work through that. And in the beginning, a lot of that guilt was kind of wrapped up in breastfeeding too, because she and I were still doing that. And it really did change how I felt about it. It it was not as comfortable. The milk was probably going to dry up and she still really enjoyed it. And yet I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And that was because, you know, there was a new baby. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it shifts that breastfeeding dynamic, or I guess it does because you thought you were just sharing your body with this first child that you're nourishing. And then suddenly you're aware, like, okay, now I'm simultaneously growing another human and trying to feed my first child. And there's not going to be any pause in between for even considering having your body back to just yourself. So I could, I could see that that's also overwhelming physically. Yeah. There might've been some of that, like maybe some of the emotions I was feeling were, you know, because, you know, in the beginning it is so physically sometimes overwhelming, you know, in that first trimester, the, the, the lack of energy can be pretty surprising. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, true. It can. But yeah, I just, you know, I just felt like I was my husband and I had made this decision and we'd made it for ourselves and 
eventually, you know, in theory, it was going to be a great thing for Madeline to have a sibling, but it also changed so much for her, you know, and she was still so young. So I had a lot of emotions around that. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. Thanks for sharing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as the second pregnancy, carrying the baby, did you experience any complications? There were a couple later on related to gestational diabetes. Um, Mm. I'll just remind listeners or for those who are new, I had gestational diabetes with my first pregnancy and it's pretty it's pretty rare to, to not get it the second time. Um, cause it's just something the way that the body is processing sugars. Okay. So you kind of knew this time around you, you would likely have this again. Right. Right. It, it did show up, you know, somewhere in the mid twenties in terms of weeks. I really, I got really big near the end of my pregnancy. And there was at one point there was a lot of amniotic fluid and mm. that, that can be a bit concerning. It's something that they, you know, you don't want too little or too much amniotic fluid. So I, I remember my midwife telling me to take magnesium baths, you know, Epsom salt baths. And Mm -hmm. that actually did help. It's amazing how many, how many things an Epsom salt bath works for. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) And was there um, aspects of the gestational diabetes this time around that you found easier to deal with than last time, or was it the same? Well, yes and no. I think given the the unsettledness of our family, that made it a little bit harder. So gestational diabetes, you can you manage with diet and with movement. And for me, the first time around, just cutting out carbs for the most part, like starchy carbs was the, um, the way for me to, to keep my blood sugar numbers in check. And this time around, like I said, with, with our moves and being less settled and then having a toddler to care for, I was not being as intentional with a, a really low carb diet and, Mm you know, I was having the same snacks. I was giving my toddler and stuff sometimes knowing that maybe that wasn't like the best choice, like the most nutrient dense choice for me. So that was a bit of a challenge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the first time around, it was so easy because it was only me that I was, that I had to like, you know, take care of in terms of my diet. Right. You had a lot going on the second time around. So like you knew more about it, but you didn't have as much like time basically to focus on that. Right. Yes. That was a really good way of saying it and much more concise. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it makes sense. It it does make sense. Yeah. And then um, as the due date got closer, what preparations did you focus on? So the first time I was so focused on the labor, the birth experience, you know, not really knowing what that was going to be and being very nervous about that. I, really focused on preparing myself for that. And, you know, the first time around, it's like, what stuff do I need? Do we have everything we need at home? This time around, I kind of, I had a much more clear idea of what we needed. And that was really easy to gather since we had most of it. But this time around, I was mostly focused on preparing Madeline 
for another baby in the house and also mm-hmm. preparing her for the labor and the birth since she was going to be home for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Shauna, do you want to share a little bit more about how you prepared Madeline for witnessing this or at least being in the same space while the birthing process was taking place? Yeah, there was that preparation. And then there was also this, you know, helping her be prepared for this new little baby in the house. And that really concerned me. I was just trying to wrap my head around, like, what is this going to be for my, for my little baby? Who's had all the, all the attention from both parents for the first two years of her life. Mm -hmm. And now there's going to be this new baby that's going to take so much of my, of my attention and, you know, holding and all of that. So those, so, and then I guess the third part of that also is thinking through the sibling dynamic and wanting to be a good, uh, helping them have a good relationship right from the beginning and doing some reading up on that. So I read a book called Siblings Without Rivalry and, you know, kind of learned some, some things from that. And then for Madeline to prepare her for the birth, we read books from the library and there, there was this really great one about a home birth that we really enjoyed a super sweet story. And it was a really realistic portrayal of, of labor to the mom walking around and making sounds and stuff. So yeah, we read that a lot. Um, she was in that, she was in that phase of like wanting to read the same book over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in that phase right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also watched a couple of YouTube videos as well. I also did a lot of prep around the milk coming back. So she and I did, we did stop breastfeeding when the milk stopped and that's how it ended. And so in her mind, she had kind of developed this vision that when the new baby came, the new, the milk would come back and she would have one breast and the baby would have the other. Mm. I did not want to tandem nurse. It's not something Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I just did a lot of preparing her around like when the new baby comes, yes, the milk is going to come back, but, um, the baby's going, going to be the one nursing and I will pump you some milk and put it in a bottle for you. Mm, Okay. Okay. And how did you feel about that? She listened. We just, we had that conversation just several, several times um, so that she could kind of wrap her mind around that because I knew it was going to be a big deal for her to see another little baby in my arms nursing. In that special spot. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any other preparations, like aside from your toddler, um, other stuff that you were getting together or thinking about in advance? That kind of leads to the preparations I did around who was going to be there in terms of who was going to be at the birth and who was going to be at our house after the birth for the postpartum help. Mm-hmm. Early on, I thought that through and I knew I wanted to have more support than I had set up my first time around. That was a lesson that I had learned. So I had asked my mom first to be there and then um, my mother-in-law to come after her. Um, but it got a little bit changed because I decided I, I really wanted my mom to come about a week earlier than we had originally planned. And that was super helpful because I was just concerned that it would be a bit of a mental barrier for me if 
I didn't have somebody already there ready to be with Madeline when I went into labor. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I was worried that that was going to keep me in a space where I was not, where labor didn't start. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so I had her come so that she was waiting with us. Um, And part of that was also because I thought, I thought I might give birth early, um, but I wasn't, I was actually late. I was actually beyond my due date. Oh, and then we did some, you know, I did mention the partner's work in terms of being on the same page. We did some work. We we did a prenatal partner's preparation course online uh, that's made by this woman named Jane Austen. And she teaches yoga in San Francisco, prenatal and postnatal yoga. She's the she's kind of a superstar in that in that field. And um, that video that we did, that online course that we did, it was super helpful for getting us aligned and feeling, you know, just kind of like occupying that space of like, we're going to do this together, you know, and working on positions and working on just our, our connection and communication with, in regard to giving birth um, and being present for that. So that was a super helpful thing that we did um, in preparation. Awesome. Um, do you want to go now a little bit into some of the signs of the labor or how it got started? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's let's talk about the labor now. Um, so my contractions started like around 34 weeks. So I started wondering if um, if the, my baby was going to be like way early, um, even mm. though I had already had kind of an inkling and intuition that she'd be born after her due date. In my head, I kept thinking like, the 14th, but like, then there were these signs, like really strong contractions, not like, okay, well, it's all relative, really strong. Like in terms of like, it was, it felt more intense than Braxton Hicks. It was like, Whoa, that kind of took my breath away just now. Um, so then I started thinking like, okay, maybe this is going to happen sooner and hopefully I can make it to 37 weeks because that's what you have to be in order to have a home birth. But then (laughs) But it was not an issue at all because 38 weeks came around and there were no signs at all, Mm. Um, which was a new experience for me because my first birth, a lot of signs came right around 38 weeks. Um, And so I was starting to get really concerned because I was really big. Um, I did grow a lot in the last month, something I forgot to mention in terms of what we were dealing with at that time. In November, we knew that we were going to move. I had mentioned that. There was some of that stress that I was anticipating, but also what happened in November was there was a huge fire here in California, and it just blanketed the entire Bay Area where we live in smoke. And it was really, really bad air quality. And that made me so stressed out because- Yeah, for my toddler and for my, you know, my baby inside me and for me. um, And we weren't going outside. So I also wasn't exercising. Um, Mm, So everything kind of working against you with the gestational diabetes. Yes, yes. Because I definitely think like stress does not help those, um, the way your body processes sugar. Um, I think it's a signal to the body to like slow down and, and hold on to things. And then, the, yeah, the lack of movement. And so we finally got out of town. Um, we just had to do it. I was like, I can't handle this anymore because we were cooped, we were cooped up in this little house that like we didn't want to live in anymore. 
It was just mm. a bad scene. November was a very dark <laughs> rough month. month. Yes. Okay. It was a really dark month. So anyway, so I did get really big that month. Like I grew a lot between Halloween and um, when I gave birth in December, like so much. And okay. I mean, of course, everybody grows a lot. That's like, you know, the last month. But um, much more so than with your first pregnancy. Exactly. Much more so with my first pregnancy, because I had already okay. done a lot of growing up until that point, the first pregnancy. And I actually didn't really grow much my last month, like only tiny increments. Yeah, I think um, it was similar for me as well. It was at the end, it just kind of all slowed down to a halt. Right, right. So that was concerning me. And, you know, there was just a point, you know how it is. There's just a point where you have to just let go. It's like, you know, I can keep worrying about this, but really, what do I really believe in my heart of hearts? Like the baby's fine. I'm fine. She's going to come out and I'm going Mm -hmm. to handle it one way or another. It's going to be handled. It's going to happen. Yeah. 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 So I just had to hard with that. Yeah. And then, you know, when you get closer to you and you know this because you went much further past your due date, you, you have to start doing things like agreeing to the what's the, what's the test that they do? They like hook you up to measure your contractions or something. Yeah. Yeah. I had several of those. Um, yeah, it's like an ultrasound and then they're also counting transact, uh, transactions. They're also counting contractions within a certain period of time. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like a 15 minute test. Right. They want to test the baby's heart rate during those to make sure that everything's still okay because it's just getting later. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those kind of things, those kind of things always kind of send up my anxiety a little bit. Just participating but, in those tests? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't yeah. have to. I didn't have to because 40 weeks came along and I was still going to my appointments at the hospital too. You know, a couple of times, every now and then I was checking in with my doctor at the hospital just to make sure there was that relationship. And she said, you know, do you want to do this stress test or whatever it's called? I, I can't remember the name of it. I I talked with her about it and she was like, it's optional at this point. So I decided not to do it just because I didn't really feel like it was going to serve me in terms of how I was feeling. But I did tell her like, I will definitely be back by the end of the week if this hasn't happened yet, you know, and and we'll do it. Um, Mm -hmm. We decided, you know, we just decided together. It wasn't quite necessary yet. So yeah, I, I guess, like I said, there were a lot of signs early on that made me think maybe things were happening and then nothing for a while. And then after we moved, I woke up one morning around the 39th week. I I remember my mom was scheduled to come in like the next day and I was feeling super, super nauseous. And I thought, Oh, is this a labor sign? Maybe, maybe this is a sign that something's going to start happening. Um, but what happened was a 24 hour flu. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How unlucky. Yeah. And my husband got it and my daughter got it. And then unfortunately my mom got it. (laughs) Oh no. Terrible. And it was going around and my midwife got it too. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she got it from us or somebody else. She said like she knew like a dozen people who were having the same thing. So, um, it was really unfortunate timing and, Really unfortunate, like totally taking your strength away prior to labor. Exactly, exactly. Thankfully, it passed very quickly. But yeah, like 40, so 40 weeks came around and I was still pregnant. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you did during the waiting time? 
or how did you kind of like help the the time to pass along? Well, we went on our way with like, you know, decorating the house for Christmas and, and doing, doing what we were doing. We got the tree and stuff like that. And then I remember we went on a really long hike the weekend before my due date. I was due on a Monday and I think we went on Saturday, Sunday, we went on a really long hike. I was trying to go as fast as I could. Like, come on, let's go. (laughs) Um, And I think I was probably also doing some pumping. There were just still no signs though. I remember we went on a date night the night that I was due. My mom stayed with Madeline and we went out on a date. That was really fun to go, go see a movie you know, on a night when, you know, you're kind of like, there's that expectation, even though it's just kind of random. Like, of course the baby's not going to come right at like the due date all the time. So it was good to just kind of like take, take my mind off it and go out with my husband and do some more reflecting. And I would say like that, I just took the time to do a lot of reflection. And I remember Mm. at some point I realized feeling some anxiousness around it and just doing a lot more of like, setting my intentions around how I wanted the birth to go and checking in with how I was feeling. And I remember I I wrote some affirmations down on some cards and all those things were things that I really didn't get around to my first birth because she was early. She came around 38 weeks. So it was really nice to have that time to do those things and to get a little bit more in a headspace of like, come on, we're ready for you for real, you know, for real, we're ready for you. (laughs) So I actually did enjoy all that stuff. Oh, good. And so, and then following all of that kind of leading up, how did it actually get started? Well, my midwife swept my membranes. She did a membrane sweep at our 40 week appointment. Mm -hmm. She also checked three centimeters dilated, which wasn't a surprise to me since there had been so much um, activity leading up to that, you know, in terms of like contractions and ripening type stuff. And also the second time around things open up, um, a little bit more easily usually. Mm -hmm. So that was good. That was good to hear. And it was just a matter of having faith that it was going to happen. And then to have kind of a plan in place if it didn't. And luckily things got started I was just feeling really uncomfortable and really irritable and agitated. Like I was just in this like agitated state and I thought, okay, well, I think this, this could be it. And we had gone out as a family, all of us to out to eat that night. We had Mexican food and I think I had ordered something kind of spicy (laughs) just in case, just in case that helps. Um, I don't know. Have you heard that? That like spicy food helps. I I don't, I've also heard this one. Yeah, I don't know if it's like true or not, but (laughs) and then we walked home and when we got home, I was like getting kind of irrationally focused on some things that were not in place in the home and getting kind of like frantic. And I thought, okay, this could be, I think I'm going to go into Mm -hmm. labor tonight. My water broke at 1.50 a.m. and it was a lot. And this was a new experience for me too, because the first pregnancy, my water did not break until pushing had started. Mm, So it was like, what? Like, it was just like, so, you know, so much water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of a surprising experience. And then very, very shortly after that, I had a really strong contraction. And so interesting. Mm -hmm. I texted my midwives and let them know. Mm -hmm. And Kara said, okay, keep me posted. The concern there also, something that she and I were talking a lot about, was the fact that 
second births are a lot faster than firsts. And she was still in San Francisco. She was my San Francisco midwife. Um, So there was a little bit of concern there with like, will the midwives get here in time? So pretty soon after that, maybe like less than an hour after that, I texted her and said, these contractions are not going anywhere. And I think, you know, I think this is really for real happening. And she said, yeah, we'll, we'll get up there. And so um, the birth team was Kara and Michelle, another midwife that was at my first birth. And then also Kara's midwife apprentice named um, Bridget was there too. So it was wonderful to have like three midwives, essentially like one in training and the other two very experienced and skilled. So I went and told my mom who was in our second bedroom, I said, Hey, we're going into labor. Can you please go and be with Madeline? And I told her to get her phone in case, you know, we needed to communicate with her that way. And then my husband and I went downstairs and Madeline was awake. She woke up during this energy, I guess, of me telling my husband, Hey, my water broke, mm-hmm. you know, whispering it to him because she was, you know, she was in our, the bedroom with us. Her bed mm-hmm. at that time was still sidecar next to ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so she, she was awake, she was awake mm-hmm. which I was like, not that thrilled about. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, no, like I need to do this first part of labor by myself. No other, like no, no, no distractions. My, I needed to be in my own headspace without being mom. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, and worrying about, you know, my kid and what she needed. So anyway, it, well, it worked out fine. I went downstairs. There were no concerns about me like being in a different headspace because the contractions required everything I had. They were so intense. Like these contractions were exponentially more intense than what I experienced the first time around. Interesting. Super, you think that's because, super intense. You think that's yeah. because the birth was um, progressing more rapidly, maybe? Yeah, um, I think mm-hmm, the, the water breaking and also I, I do think there was some, some mental work that I did around it. I, I really did work on the sensation of releasing and releasing into those contractions. And I forgot to say this when I was talking about preparations I did, I did revisit one of the like mindful birthing books to revisit how to be present for those contractions. And also in that prenatal partners video, Jane Austen talked a lot about um, releasing the pelvic floor and keeping that area really soft and that really clicked for me. And I realized that maybe the first time around I hadn't fully released down there, um, mm. that I was holding on to tension down there. So I think that really helped the contraction stay intense. Um, and I, you know, because I didn't want to have a stall out. And I think that there was kind of this urgency that I had, like I have another kid to care for. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I think subconsciously, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think all of that, I think the body knew what to do. The contractions were, were very intense and very long and the midwives came, I think they got there at 4 a.m. I remember being very relieved that they were there. And I also remember thinking there is no way I can sustain this level of intensity for hours to come. Like I mm. must be, I must be close because this is this is insane. It was so, I can't even stress this enough. It was just really, really intense contractions. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. My partner and I, we, when we went downstairs, I, I took a minute to set things up the way I wanted them. And I asked him to 
light a fire in our fireplace and I turned the tree on. So there's just like this really nice warm glow down there. And I also turned on music, which I hadn't done during my first labor for whatever reason. Well, I, I think eventually I did. I don't know. It was just different this time with my setting the intentions for how mm. I wanted the space to be. Um, and I think that, I think that helped too, just being more present for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. What I wanted to say was oh, that okay. he and I were really a good team. That's wonderful. So I hear you saying that he was like really supporting you with the atmosphere there and just being present for what you needed. Yeah, we were just really in sync through the contractions. I had to really like burrow into him and grab on tight and Mm -hmm. he he was there. And then I would get too hot. It was like this, like I would get in there and then I would like, how to describe it? Like the get close to me, get away, get close to me, get away. That sometimes happens during labor. Like you're just in this place of like very sensitive and every moment you need something a little bit different And to be able to communicate that to your partner and to have them be there for that, you know, it's just such a vulnerable time. And it was just a really beautiful experience for us because he was really synced up and like very supportive and non-judgmental of those moments of when I was like too hot and needed to pull away or when I needed to get in there or when I said like, you need to be here, you know? So it was, it was really, really, I was grateful for that because those contractions felt just mad, like almost unmanageable. You know what I mean? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Shana, what position, what positions were you in? Um, were you moving around or staying put? Um, yeah, there was, there was definitely some moving around. I started with some standing and kind of like leaning. My partner was sitting down and I was kind of like leaning on him. I was, you know, eventually I was on the floor on all fours and labored like that for a long time. And that's how I gave birth the first time was on all fours, but that wasn't going to happen this time. It was kind of like I, I had, I, I had given everything I could give in that position. So, and it was time to push and I was getting frustrated because I couldn't push. So the midwives helped me move to the bed sideline. Oh, the bed. Um, it, it's a fold out couch that we have downstairs. Then it was like very, I mean, it happened so fast. Once I got into position sideline, she was basically out within a couple minutes. Wow. So super fast. Yeah. That's how I remember it. <laughs> maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I do think it was super fast like that, but. I mean, how long did the pushing stage last? Do you think? Maybe like 20 minutes. Wow. And how, how was Hazel when she came out? Oh, she was fine. So she, her little head came out and she was, I, I mean, I didn't see it, but I imagined she was looking around she was making little sounds. She wasn't crying. And then they put her on me and she started crying really intensely. She was great. I was great. And then, um, yeah, you know, when they did did the APGAR score and everything, she, she had a a really good, strong APGAR score. Great. And did Madeline get to see her actually being born? She didn't. So that was a thing. It happened so fast that nobody thought to run up and get them to have them Mm. come down and see and I would have liked that. So that was kind of, you know, it's just a misstep, but they came down, they got to see the placenta being born and later the cord being cut. Oh, okay. So that's also interesting, but I hear what you're saying. It's, it would have been nice for them to also see the actual birth. Yeah. Yeah. And how did Madeline respond? Madeline noticed that Hazel and I were both 
naked. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the first thing she did was she took off her pajamas. Like, I'm here for this. I'm naked too. It was really cute. <laughs> and she had been grasping in her little hand these two tiny little toy unicorns that she had gotten from the Mexican restaurant the previous mm. night. <laughs> and she was ready to give them to her baby sister. And so that was really sweet too. She tried to give them to her and she was, she was a little confused that, you know, the baby couldn't take them, but Brian took them and put them next to her and explained like, you know, and (laughs) she just climbed in with us into the, you know, all of us were in the bed after the, um, the procedure, procedural parts were done, you know, like the birthing the placenta and cutting the cord and getting the baby warm and on my breast. Um, mm-hmm. They were both, they were both there and she was oh, touching great. her shoulder and touching her head and she was just taking it all in. Yeah, I bet. What time at night was this that she was actually born? Uh, 5.30 a.m. Okay. And so Madeline had been awake since the middle of the night. Is that correct? Ugh. Or did she fall back asleep? Yeah. I asked my mom about that just last night, actually. I said, was Madeline awake the whole time? And were you guys just like watching, watching stuff on your phone? And she said, yes, the whole time. I was like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, my kid oh got my three God. hours of screen time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she said that she would, she, you know, they were listening. They heard me making loud sounds, you know, during the labor. She said that Madeline would, was saying, oh, mommy, oh, my mommy. Oh, <laughs> so she was, she was feeling that, you know, and concerned. So that's really mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It is super sweet. Mm-hmm. And did you want to share anything about postpartum recovery? Yeah, that could have be a whole episode in and of itself. I was feeling really good after the birth for the most part. It was, you know, it was a really fast experience and I felt like good energy. Like the first time after birth, I was just exhausted, but this time I felt good energy. But I think looking back on that, it was probably a lot of adrenaline. Like I hadn't come down from, you know, this adrenaline place because it was so Mm. fast and so intense. It was like, what just happened to me? And so I think that like my perception of like, oh, I'm not tired was probably an adrenalized state. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah, I do think that kind of played into that postpartum recovery time because after the first couple weeks, I started pushing it a little too much, Um, you know, going up and down the stairs and carrying the baby. And there was one time when I was carrying both of them at the same time, carrying Madeline a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just... I wanted to be there for my kids and to make sure Madeline knew that I was still there for her. And it felt like there was a lot to do, you know, Um, but it's just so, so, so important. (laughs) It's so important to take the rest time that you need because what ended up happening. So I forgot to mention this. Hazel was really big. Hazel was 9-11. Oh, wow. So that's um, nine pounds, 11 ounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that for? Do you know, you, you probably don't know off the top of your head, the conversion Four point something kilos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it was like a two month old baby being born. Yeah. They don't have much head control in the beginning. So, or like much body control, muscle control. So they're just like a very heavy lump in your, in your arms, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. And then I had so much milk, like a ridiculous amount of oversupply. I know that I would much rather have that problem than, than not enough milk or no milk. I want listeners to know that, that I'm sensitive to that. And I feel very blessed that I had a lot of milk, but it was also, it was very difficult because my baby was getting way too much milk and she was gaining really, really well. (laughs) And she, but she also had reflux, which was, um, which was a bummer. But anyway, she was like, she was like, she was almost 15 pounds at the six week checkup. Wow. That is big. Yeah. It was just a lot of baby (laughs) for me to carry when I was recovering. And already have a toddler who probably also wants to be up in your arms sometimes too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely made the recovery hard. And there was actually a point when I was kind of like limping because I had a lot of like tightness and pain in my, in my hip, in the piriformis, and then kind of like, uh, wrapped that muscle that wraps around the groin. And I realized that of course that all had to do with the labor because that was the leg that was hiked up in the sideline position when I gave birth. Mm, Um, so the muscles were strained, but yeah. Um, thankfully I got some, this like amazing work done called orthobionomy that, that really helped, really, really helped me release that pain and really helped me release the trauma of birth. I think it was mm. both a physical healing, but also an emotional healing that I really needed. And it just, it just really cleared me up mentally too. I really, really recommend people getting some sort of body work done, you know, whichever one feels right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful that you had access to that there. Yeah. It was through uh, my midwife's office. This woman, she sets up her practice there a couple times a month. And so that's how I knew of her. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's nice to be part of that kind of community that's giving you access to those resources. Cause I would not at that time have sought it out on my own. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like when the reminder is just kind of there, it's like, oh yeah, I should access that and make use of that. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have, you know, done research and then like, oh, who should I go see? Like, I just wouldn't have done that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Shauna. Second time around in another successful home birth. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, Wendy. Yeah. It was really great to be able to integrate things that I had learned the first time around and experienced such a different birth. It's just really yeah. mind blowing to me how, how different they were and you know, what our bodies can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for our listeners. Um, if you made it this far with us, please uh, leave us a review or a rating and we will see you next time. We're going to be taking a little break um, over the holidays, but we will be back again in January. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye.